0: the state of Victorian greyhound racing and the stories behind the sport. This is RSN 927's Off The Leash.
1: Racing, poke the bear, dwelt Bucks Future began brilliantly, he's charging over, he'll roll to the early lead, over Nangar Jack, there's one down and out, Caitlin keeping, into the back, Barks Future a long leader, over going to second, Cashpoint, the inside Nangar Jack, then Miss Linda Miro poked the bear, they'll followed by all on Amy and Federal Lily Barks Future by four, Cashpoint is eating into the margin, Bucks Future the leader, Cashpoint coming Bucks Future gripping on and he won the Paws of Thunder, Bucks Future too good, big Cash Point. they will all followed in by Miss Blender Miro and Poke the Bear, followed by on Amy. They're followed up by Nangar Jack, Bedrill Lily, and Caitlin keeping fella the first turn.
0: The Group 1 Pause of Thunder from the weekend past. Welcome to another edition of Off the Leash for Greyhound Racing Victoria on RSN 927. Our social media and the GRV social media as well you Andrew Kewes. Joining us first up in the studio, co hosting, of course, from the GRV team, is Brett McLaughlin. Uh, welcome along, Brett.
2: Susie, great to be here.
0: And another rendition of the Group 1 Pause of Thunder, not to be, though, for the Victorians uh, in the race.
2: Yeah, of course, uh, 75,000 to the winner event. Uh, as we heard from the call from Tim Newbold there, we had to se- settle for second, third, and fourth with uh, New South Wales star Bucks Future trained by Sydney Swain. Leading all the way to defeat Cashpoint Miss Splendomero and and uh, poke the bear, Bucks' future paid around eight dollars a win for tab. But uh, was his first Group win in the time of 29.80. It uh, wasn't too bad actually, and just under uh, just under a uh, just under three quarters of a length uh, the victory margin there. So unfortunately we had to settle for second, third, and fourth. But uh, a terrific addition this year.
0: All right, uh, while we're early in this edition of uh, GRV's Off the Leash, we should mention straight away some Mm -hmm. changes later in the week to uh, meetings due to the heat. Of course, we remind you always to keep in touch with the GRV website, social media, but let's tell our listeners uh, who haven't heard we've had some changes.
2: Yeah, we have. Look, uh, Warrigal on Thursday has been moved to a morning meeting due to the extreme forecast there. It was originally a day meeting. Uh, we've had to cancel Hillsville on Friday, our rank limit meeting there with the uh, forecast of 41 degrees. We really don't have much room to move there. So heelsville Friday has been cancelled and we've also moved... Uh, Shepparton was supposed to be a twilight meeting on Thursday due to the uh, temperature forecast of forty-three degrees. There, we've actually moved that to a Saturday morning meeting. Uh, obviously, this time of the year it can be quite hot. So, look, uh, I just uh, ask you to monitor the uh, the GRV website, uh, the the dashboard there on fast track. But if you're not sure, you can always give Member Services a call on eight three two nine double one double zero, and we'll have all the information for you there.
0: Brett, uh, in the racing department, there being a racing operations manager, how fluid and how close can we move meetings so we go from moving meetings in some cases to cancelling meetings and obviously we know in melbourne the old adage if you don't like the weather just wait an hour or a day so when we get forecasts of 40 degrees maybe coming up on a thursday friday and then they might change to being then the wednesday or the thursday give us an insight of how it works at grv in terms of just trying to work in with the heat
2: yeah look we're obviously trying to monitor the uh, weather as closely as we can Uh, we do that every morning and afternoon because the uh, bomb website updates uh, twice daily Uh, when we're dealing with meetings later on in the week obviously we're grading three or four days in advance we try to leave it as late as we can Um, obviously with in terms of moving meetings whether it be to another day or another time slot we're also dependent on what sky can give us Uh, so at the end of the day it's just sort of if the clubs are going to be flexible enough and if we can get the, uh, the times from Sky as to when uh, we move the meetings to another day or if we move them to another time slot.
0: All right, speaking of the heat, it's always pretty hot in Queensland. We have the Group 3 Queensland Cup taking place at Albion Park on Thursday night. And again, uh, hopefully the trophy heading to Victoria.
2: Hope so. Uh, two heats of the Queensland Cup, over 600 last Thursday. Victorian star Slingshot Hammer winning his way in the $25,000 to the winner final, trained by Brendan Purcell, of course. He was the fastest heat winner in 34-90 He will start uh, short in betting in the final at Albion Park this Thursday night.
0: All right, full coverage, of course, on RSN 927. Good luck to those greyhounds in the uh, Queensland Cup. This is Off The Leash on RSN 927 and GRV social media. It's RSN 927's Off The Leash. We're about to talk about the great success of the three-day adoption event in Seymour, which became a two-day adoption event given so many people uh, adopting greyhounds. Before we welcome Andrew Copley into the studio... Here's a short uh, audio cut of Larissa Darra from GAP. I spoke to her on the weekend after what was an amazing success at Seymour. It has been fantastic. We're all exhausted, but so many greyhounds have gone off into wonderful homes, so it's just been brilliant. Uh, Obviously, the first day, Friday, very busy as people were along, but people still coming along on the weekend. And uh, the typical makeup of those that were there for the three days, can you tell us... um, all sorts of very types of families and yeah, individuals. All sorts, mostly, um, predominantly, I guess, families from suburban Melbourne. Um, but you know, all kinds of people—people people who live in apartments, single people, um, older people—because um, greyhounds are such an adaptable dog, they can fit into lots of different environments. And a hundred plus greyhounds are right now fitting into new environments. Let's welcome along Andrew Copley to our latest edition of Off the Leash. Andrew, what an amazing success.
3: Yeah, it certainly was, QC, a record for uh, adoptions of greyhounds in Australia ever. So 111 out of 115 greyhounds adopted. Within the first two days, the third day, as Larissa mentioned, had to be cancelled. So wonderful result and just another positive for the... uh, for the whole event was the uh, attendance of Victorian Minister of Agriculture Jacqueline Symes, who uh, announced a fifty thousand dollar grant from the Victorian Government to for upgrades to the Greyhound Adoption Centre in Seymour. And Jacqueline, who is the daughter of uh, nineteen eighty eight Melbourne Cup winning trainer Roy Symes, Roy trained Hewer to success in that race. She actually adopted her first greyhound as a pet herself a dog named Clancy and I think the success of of the day Cusie, could be attributed in part to the wavering of the $75 adoption fee for the first time so people jumping on board there and of course we don't just hand greyhounds out to anyone, they've got to go through a process and be matched to the right greyhound and prove themselves to be suitable owners and it's just a wonderful result and you, you really can't walk half a kilometre around Melbourne these days without bumping into a greyhound. So um, it just seems to be getting bigger and better.
0: Now, Larissa did tell me that, because I said, well, it must be very quiet there at Seymour now with all the kennels uh, having been vacated. And um, I think every, every single dog that was available did go, did it not? I think there was a handful, which I said on air to Larissa that uh, they'd be the special greyhounds now. If you knew that there was just two or three left people would have been running in to take those and say well we'll make sure every greyhound is gone but they're going to do some uh, cleaning maintenance just upgrade everything down there and then bring more dogs in and for those that say well how can we go from here there are always an ever a never-ending stream of greyhounds needing adoption so uh, even though we've broken records there'll be a hundred plus greyhounds there in the coming weeks and months to go uh, to new homes again
3: oh no doubt about that and Look, it's as simple as jumping onto the Greyhound Adoption Program website, gap.grv.org.au. There's always a profile of the Greyhounds available, so there'll be plenty in foster care as we speak, getting ready for adoption over the coming weeks. You can head up to Seymour. You can go to the facility in Baxter, just uh, on the cusp of the Mornington Peninsula there, short drive from Melbourne. So um, plenty of options, and that website is the place to go, gap.grv.org.au.
0: And I assume, gentlemen, that Molly and yourselves, the uh, Dog of the Week, must be going every time we mention it absolutely yeah amazing success and as we heard from larissa there the the makeup of a typical adopting uh, person family is just so varied these days great to see uh soon the uh grounds will totally take over domination of victorian streets as a pet it has been an amazing success this is uh off the leash with andrew q's brett mclaughlin andrew copley coming up soon uh, jeff gill will take our call to talk about the win of Max Tractor and the maiden uh, opening up the card at the Meadows on Saturday night. Before that, though, um, Andrew, the uh, Victoria's Racing Integrity Commissioner Sal Perna will be. Heading across a number of uh, race tracks across the coming months, it's been called the uh, Road Show. He's going to be uh, presenting and taking questions. Now, this was done before, but it's going to be a slightly different format this time. And explain to our listeners.
3: Yeah, so Sal done the rounds in recent years during about a four-week block. And um, this year it's going to be a little bit of a different format. It'll be more of a QA and a style. So Sal will obviously present and um, obviously give a great insight into the way uh, he sort of uh, looks over the racing industry, not just for greyhounds but for all three codes. And uh, people have a chance to really have some good back-and-forth conversation with Sal. People can also email their questions in advance. Simply go to the GRV website to get a question across to Sal. But uh, it all kicks off at Horsham on Tuesday, February 5. Also, uh, just a point of difference for this year as well, every one of these presentations will be held at a race meeting, which was uh, what was uh, suggested by a number of participants. So going to be very popular and uh, we look forward to that kicking off on Feb 5. Go to grv.org.au to find out a list of dates and venues. Do
0: you know if down the track any scripts or summaries of what's been asked will be put on the GRV website or Facebook or social media for those that can't attend? Because I guess in some cases there might be a few regular recurring questions from people at different venues.
3: It's a good question. I think it's something we should definitely follow up. So, Hopefully, Sal's got some uh, things in place to get that happening, and if he does, we'll definitely tap into it. I All think right.
2: previously, I think they've actually been available on the Racing Commissioner's website afterwards, so right. there's normally a transcript terrific. there. Terrific. Yeah.
0: Well, uh, look forward to that. That should be a terrific discussion. So, just as we go to a break, uh, do you roughly know, when they're being held on a race meeting day or night, is it prior to? How does it work, given some of the participants will be involved once the meeting's underway, Andrew?
3: Yeah, that's right. So I would probably start I'd imagine probably an hour before the race meeting kicks off, give the trainers a chance to kennel their greyhounds. They've got a little bit of time to kill in that space before the racing kicks off, so that's the ideal time to kick it off, and I'd say that Sal will uh, certainly get the crux of uh, his presentation out of the way there, and then people can come and go as they please and ask questions throughout the night.
0: This is Off the Leash, coming back shortly with trainer Jeff Geel. Lots of other Regular segments, of course, to come. The uh, ever, ever successful watchdog, the litter of the week and more. This is Off The Leash for Greyhound Racing Victoria on RSN 927 and GRV social media as well. It's RSN 927's Off The Leash.
1: Racing. Racing Pulse to the outside, a little bit slow to begin and Dinah Turner speed going through. Max Tractor on the inside is going to lead around the first turn and Max Tractor took up the running by about four lengths now. Over he's Alexis followed then by Dinah Turner on the outside, then Dyna Yukata off heels at that point was Racing Pulse followed by Dinah Varsity and Dinah Robbie back at the tail coming up the back straight and Max Tractor is well out in front about eight or ten lengths clear. In second spot over to the inside, Dinah Yukata from he's Alexis then came Racing Pulse, but an easy one to Max Tractor. Max Tractor won it uh, second, every Max Tractor uh, John- winning
0: there. Max Tractor winning the maiden to start the card at the Meadows on the weekend. Of course, uh, we uh, were disappointed here at RSN 927 that Racing Pulse couldn't win. But I know our next guest was very, very happy because we've heard there the replay Max Tractor winning, and of course uh, he's trained by uh, Jeff Giel, who's uh, just uh, a bit of a newcomer to the uh, greyhound training circles although, of course, uh, his brother, very well-known in the industry, and uh, Jeff Gill joins us on the program. Jeff you've, you've only
2: got two greyhounds in your team, and Max Tractor's the first dog you've trained for yourself. I imagine it must have been quite an emotional victory for both yourself and your wife, Marie, after uh, Saturday night.
1: Well, we, well we, we bred him as a pup, so we've had him um, right from uh, three months of age. And uh, to do it uh, in the city for the first time, and then actually to back up the second week, it's just... Um, it's been quite surreal, guys. It's been fantastic.
2: I imagine the uh, celebrations would have been quite wild. Now, you've only uh, got back into greyhound racing after a bit of a long break. Uh, can you tell us about your introduction into the sport?
1: It goes back a long way, you know, back into the mid-70s. When, um, my brother and I, uh, we worked at a local dog track, the Gra- Corio Oval Dog Track in Geelong. And uh, Dave had a friend at school who was um, in, into greyhounds. So that's how the introduction happened, and uh, but also uh, my dad, he, he was at a business meeting uh, with, a, with a gentleman who was an owner back in those days, and uh, he offered us to, offered him to train a pup, or, or well actually it wasn't a pup, it was a racing greyhound. So dad came home one night and uh, sat Dave and I down and said, uh, do you want me to bring a dog home? And he did, it was, it was called Little Snooks. And uh, he turned out to
3: be, uh, yeah, an okay dog, but he, he wasn't—he wasn't top class. <laughs> great story, Jeff. So you, you've been in the sport for for a long time. Your brother Dave enjoyed enormous success in the last couple of years, particularly with Uphill Jill and Myra Redeemer. They've won four Group One races between them. I know you've been uh, by Dave's side for a lot of that, and certainly been a great help. But is it his success that's inspired you to take up training Greyhound yourself in recent times?
1: Well. So I, I can't say that that's what it was, even though they've being part of the journey. But uh, we uh, go back about early 2016 when I did come um, sort of back into the sport. But to help, help Dave out, because we, we, we knew as a family, particularly uh, our, our, our parents who are quite watch, watchful of, uh, of all their kids like any parent would be. And uh, But he, he, he had his hands full out there. And uh, it was just through conversations about uh, going out to give Dave a hand and Rose. And uh, so I actually did. In about early 2016, we had some good uh, performers at times: striker Klinsman, sailaway, Jackie, Irish Whip, good, good uh, City Dogs. So we just started helping out, and that, that's how it really started. And uh, just got um, more and more involved. And then uh, the actual, then the hooks did set in. That now I, I was hooked again after all those years away since the seventies. Uh, back, back well and truly now, for sure.
3: And you've caught the bug, no doubt about that. You've got two greyhounds in work: Zipping Eleanor, who's uh, owned in New South Wales, and now Max Tractor, who's won two from two. Tell us, has training greyhounds been what you expected so far?
1: Well, after being out so long, I have I've come back into the industry, and uh, alongside Dave, like he, he showed me the ropes, and it's just been amazing mentor and, uh, and and just an, a great person to be around let alone being my brother but uh, yeah there's a lot of changes a lot of changes uh, uh, where greyhound racing is tonight today I would uh, say it's at a good place um, just the, the whole welfare integrity uh, jevie done an amazing job to where it is to having tier3 racing that was unheard of in, in my in my days and early days and um, you know been veteran racing, it's just amazing where where the sport is at the moment and it's it come such a long way and i still do, i believe there is a place for the hobby trainer like my wife and i marie as as you know we've got the two in the backyard just in a domestic uh, property and but to be able to go out and only uh, 15 minutes from dave and and to work with him still but to have both it's almost like i've got the best of both worlds having backyard hobby experience with uh, max tractor and uh, zipping Eleanor. But to work with Dave, it's just um, it's a great opportunity. I still I don't believe the, the backyard train is finished. Uh, there's a good chance for, for people out there, especially to get involved with others. You know, to be able to volunteer work on a, on a Graham property and then turn into something bigger like it has for me. It's almost like a dream come true.
3: Speaking of work, Jeff. Now you've obviously uh, been working outside of greyhound Raising for a long time. What is your actual op- occupation?
1: Actually, I still work full-time. Um, I, I pinch myself wondering how I fit it all in, but with Department of Human Services, I work with uh, people who have disabilities. Um, my title is actually a disability development support officer, or in other terms, a carer, and' uh, been there for 15 years, And uh, yeah, it's been a, a great experience working with people who have disabilities.
3: Speaking off air too, you mentioned you, you've seen uh, some pretty crazy things during your your time at work. Dealt with some difficult issues uh, along the way, and probably some some uh, tricky people. But has working in that field helped you with training your greyhounds? Yeah,
1: well, that, that, that's a good question because um, I, I believe sincerely that it has. Because I do wor- work with people with complex behaviours, and um, but they've oh, gee, they've help, taught me so much about got just. Like humanity, uh, just treating people with dignity, uh, having an empathy for people who have, have disabilities, and uh, you know, and I have a genuine care. And uh, it's only at times when I perhaps see staff that are um, you know yelling at a resident or a client, and I have to look twice and think who's actually got the disability, because we uh, you know we just don't do that. We we treat them with respect, and you know, even with the greyhounds, I just uh, look. We treat them with respect. Um, they're a beautiful animal. And, um, and they, they're greyhounds, they have their issues, as we all know, but um, they just, uh, we try and create a peaceful for environment here, at our property here, and I know Dave does the same on a bigger scale, but uh, so to that answer that question, I'd say definitely uh, it has had a big impact.
2: Jeff, uh, we look forward to seeing Max Tractor returning to our racetrack soon, but do you have any uh, future ambitions as a trainer this year and perhaps going forward?
1: Well, well, we'll just keep him in his grades at the moment. Uh, on Wednesday week, there's a, a race for uh, grade 6-7, and uh, he fits in there nicely, and that, that would be with a final if he makes the, the final. Mm-hmm. So that would uh, be four races. So, look, we do uh, have insights the the pause of thunder. I mean, sorry, not the pause of thunder, the um, launching pad, mm-hmm. which is coming up in April. So we'll just keep an eye on what he's, how he does over the next month. But if he keeps improving, he's... Certainly, going to be a a contender there for sure.
0: Jeff Giel, thank you for joining us today on Off the Leash.
1: Yeah,
0: it's been a pleasure. Thanks, guys, for having me on. It's
1: RSN 927's Off the Leash.
0: Jeff Giel, I do hope uh, maybe somewhere down the track he can train a greyhound to be involved in the Great Chase program because with his work with uh, disability and uh, groups like that, that's a perfect fit. All right, let's move on on Off the Leash with Andrew Cues, Brett McLaughlin, Andrew Copley. And, um, of course, uh, the, uh, the topic of um, Melton is something going to discuss and I'm about to learn because I wasn't aware there was a thriving greyhound track in Melton. When we use the term Melton, it's always to do with trots, guys.
3: Yeah, well, there is a straight track up at Mountain mm. Kersey. It's, uh, it, it's where they do a little bit of coursing, but it's also a great uh, training facility for trainers out in the west. And uh, unfortunately, a water pump has been stolen from the club. News coming out of there this week. And as such, the water or oh, the track currently be currently can't be watered. So, trainers, if you are going to try your dogs at Melton. Please inspect the track first. Make sure you're happy with it before you put the greyhounds on the surface and the club is certainly hoping that the problem will be rectified soon. Go to the Melton Greyhounds website to keep up to date on that.
0: Well, right, just quickly a few other issues um, before we talk fire safety, just, Brett just again repeat as we did at the start of the show, yep. the changes later in the week due to the heat. Yes,
2: yeah, so Warrigal Thursday has been moved to a morning meeting, that was a day meeting. Now Hillsville on Friday has been cancelled due to the extreme forecast of 41 and we've also had to move the Shepparton Thursday meeting to Saturday morning. So Warrigal day to morning on Thursday, Heels with Friday off and Shepparton Thursday to Saturday.
0: Speaking of heat, fires, safety, again, it's something that a lot of people don't want to talk about but it has to be talked about because if it does happen, have to have uh, plans in place. And Andrew Copley, we remind the GRV participants that there is a uh, safety plan according to all clubs across the state.
3: Yeah, well, the clubs are on their toes. They know that things, fire can strike at any time, uh, particularly with regards to greyhound properties. So just something for our breeders and trainers to keep in mind that they can potentially house their greyhounds at their local club in the case where their property is under threat of fire. Contact your local greyhound club if uh, that is the situation for you.
0: Let's go to our Gap Dog of the Week and... uh Well, nearly all the greyhounds were adopted, and as you listen to this show, that might almost change because uh, our Gap Dog or Dogs of the Week are the remaining dogs that are there... And it won't take long, I think, to find them a new home. They're going to be very special, aren't they, Brett McLaughlin? They
2: certainly will. Tommy and Zeta, they come as a package deal. Now they've lived together for many years and returned to Gap through no fault of their own. Now a little bit older, they're looking for a quiet home to spend the rest of their days. Uh, Tommy and Zeta are some of Gap's favourite seniors, but unfortunately, as you mentioned, cusy they were the two dogs... Uh, left at the Seymour Adoption Day and are still looking for a home. So if you think uh, you've got what it takes, jump on the GAP website and uh, take these two lovely dogs home.
0: We'll follow up that. I'm sure they'll be adopted, and we'll speak maybe to the adopting owners in the coming weeks. All right, uh, the GAP dog of the week. And uh, just uh, before we uh, wrap it up, a few other uh, regular segments. Um, The uh, watchdog, uh, guys, continues to tip many winners.
3: Yeah, another great day for the Watchdog on Sunday. We have a look at the Sandown meeting. There are 11 races on the card. The Watchdog picked five out of the 11 winners, along with four second placings. So for your free-form guides and expert selections for all Victorian greyhound race meetings, simply Google the
0: Watchdog. And the litter, litter of the week.
2: Yeah, Barcia Bale at a Killarney Clare, whelped, on, whelped in October 2018. Kalani Clare, of course, won 13 from 56, a multiple city winner, bred by Andrea Gary, who, of course, are bred at dual Group 1 winner, Lightning Frank, and to keep abreast of every greyhound litter, Brent Victoria, simply Google Greyhound Monthly. You can find it all there.
0: And you can find out all information on the GRV website, social media as well as listening to Off The Leash. Brett and Andrew, we'll see you next time. Pleasure. Thanks, QC.
2: Want to hear Off The Leash again? It'll be up on iTunes, on Facebook and on the podcast page at rsn.net.au.